How to get the best mortgage deals for yourself? Should you refinance? We talk about interest rates and what you need to know about SORA, which is the new interest rate benchmark in Singapore. Understand what it means and how it affects you. Also, should you choose fixed or floating rate? For all these questions, you're not going to hear it depends kind of answer because my guest is very forthcoming, no holes barred kind of style. He will share his own take on several questions related to mortgages. We talk about foreclosure and what happens when you cannot pay off your mortgage loans. You'll also find out how to calculate your loan eligibility with concrete examples and numbers and we'll consider different scenarios like whether you're self-employed or an employee. We also discuss insider strategies on how high net worth individuals leverage to buy more properties. Although I have to say that what you'll hear is not financial advice, please do your own due diligence. Let's understand the pros and cons of such leveraging strategies. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name is Andrew and welcome to another Chill with TFC episode. In this series, we talk to interesting people with relevant experience and insights to help us learn from their perspectives so that we can create the life we love and manage our finances well. My guest first appeared on Coconut Avenue, our property podcast, and he has shared useful tips regarding mortgages. Therefore, we've invited him on Chill with TFC to share more about this topic. Let's welcome CEO and co-founder of Mortgage Master, David Bay. Okay, hmm. let's go because you've been on Coconut Avenue. That was our property podcast. All right. That was a bit more than six months ago. Give us an update on how the, how the property market is doing. Are more people taking out mortgage rates or, or less people? What's the interest rate? Give us some context. Okay, so on interest rate first. Interest rates seem to have reached the all-time low maybe around April, June this year. So that was probably when I was on uh, Coconut Avenue. And it has not shifted much from there. In fact, it is tearing a little, very little upwards. For example, for a significant size loan, let's say 2 mil, 1.12, 3 years fixed is now 1.15, 3 years fixed. 3 basis points is really insignificant, but at the same time, it is slowly tearing upwards. Why so? Because there is talks in the market that the US Fed rates may increase by 2023. And when that announcement happens, it will be priced in before, and so interest rates will start tearing upwards. Um, and as such, right now, you know, floating rates are actually tearing. The spreads are so low. Sora rates start from a million dollar loan can get you a Sora plus 0.8, which gets you less than 1%. Okay. If you need some reference, right, you can refer to the Coconut Avenue episode. Search for Mortgage <laughs> Master, David. But, you know, for the sake of this episode, for those who are listening in for the first time, I also need to help us define, you know, Sora. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ouch. Okay. So, <laughs> so... Long ago, we have used Cyborg for the longest time. Right. So I think most people in the finance world know what Cyborg is. Singapore Interbank Offered Rate. It's a rate of which uh, ABS publishes every morning. And it actually is a rate of which banks lend and borrow money from each other. That's why Singapore Interbank Offered Rate. 
So this rate is transparent and fair because banks cannot cheat bank, you know? Mm. So DBS, has in, having uh, the three local banks, DBS, UOB, OCBC, having a lot of liquid cash will lend money to foreign banks for time, time being when foreign banks have to do huge loans to, uh, to their clients. However, you know, because of London, LIBOR, was manipulated in the past by certain banks, <coughs> HSBC and others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. I, I said, I'm not shy to say, but... Yeah, I, I didn't catch that, but okay, yeah. Okay, please, it's please it's in the news, right? It's in the news. It's, it, I mean, things we are not concrete, don't say. La, but mm. So with the fear that this now, this LIBOR, Hong Kong is highball, Hong Kong interbank, you know, Singapore is cyber. So there's a chance that this can be manipulated. So MS is doing away with cyber in the near future. They never say the date, they say in the near future. And they want all the banks to take their floating rates and peg it towards SORA, which is the financial institution's overnight lending rate. Okay, so what does SORA stand for? It's just overnight lending rate. Singapore overnight... I'm sorry, I can't remember what R is. Okay, that's why. You should Google it. You can keep talking. (laughs) All right. So what is this rate? It's again a fair rate. So imagine when you are trading on a platform. There are too many platforms, no free advertising. So Mm. a platform and you do US trades, right? But you have to pay the leverage. Let's say you got four times leverage for currency, 20 times leverage. Somebody has to pay the money for you. Where is this money coming from? It has to be borrowed from somewhere. The overnight lending rate is Sora. Mm. So, Singapore overnight rate average. Ah, yes. Okay. Thank you. So Singapore overnight rate average is Sora and that is the rate of which every night the average of all the leveraging will come take into account and every morning will be published and that's what Sora is. So uh, again, it's a fair rate because it's what institutions lend institutions who help you trade. And, and that's why it's, it's transferring from Cyborg to Sora and, in, and now bank loans are using Sora. So in any case, what you're saying is that interest rate is still relatively low, although it's inching up slightly, but generally across the board, it's still low. Yes. So how slightly? Uh? Three months Sora was one zero point one four two. Now it's 0.1429. <laughs> the number of decimal places is funny, but it's still inching upwards. Uh, planning, of course, all preparing for the announcement that US will increase interest rates. Okay. Yeah. So, so given this context and, and this background, what's your take on the property market right now? Uh, interest rate market. I if you are if you are planning on selling or have the ability to pay down your loan and you want the lowest rate possible, please take Sora. Uh, conservative. I am conservative. I will take fixed because one point one five for three years is pretty decent. If I have a one point five two mil loan, one point three percent for three years is also decent. If I have a five hundred k loan, so why if I take today a floating rate that says say one percent. Two years later, and one percent, another year one percent. Then interest rates rise in twenty twenty three, and the market now is now one point eight. Average out is still one point, is still higher than one point three. I mean, I saw just take one point three and don't have to worry about it for three years. Okay, so that's just me. Of course, if you want floating rate, it's still possible, right? So like I say it's up to your risk level and your risk appetite, and that's my job to find it for you. Right. So, so what's the difference in, in psychology or, or thinking behind a, a fixed and floating rate? If I were to choose either, or so for you, you're okay with a fixed rate. That's what you're saying. Because fixed rates are loan right now mm. as well. So being in the market for more than a decade, in fact, since 2009, right? So I've already seen one market downturn before. Interest rates actually average about 1.6 to 1.8. So if you think about 1.3, three years fixed versus 1% today, but maybe by the third year is 1.6, it's still averaging 1.3. So to me, conservative and also... I don't have to worry about whether Sora will go up or Sora will go down. I know I'm 1.3. I know that the average is higher than this anyway over 10 years. So I'm just doing what I want to do now. 
Okay. Yeah. So well, these two years mm-hmm. we're in COVID, it's a slightly unique situation. And some people might have cash flow or liquidity issues and they might not be able to service their mortgage. So what happens you know, when you have HDB versus a private property and you are not able to service your mortgage? Can you paint us the different scenarios? Wow. Can you negotiate with HDB, for example? Is it harder to negotiate with the banks? It's easier to negotiate with the banks, but HDB will give you more chance. Well, explain that. <laughs> it's easier to negotiate with the bank, but HDB will give you more chances. We, we talk about first, oh. we talk about I own a HDB, okay? But I own a HDB, HDB, I have two scenarios. I can have a HDB loan or I have a bank, bank loan. Bank loan, yeah. Okay, so for bank loan, I have local banks and I have foreign banks. Firstly, if let's say today I declare bankrupt, but I still pay my housing loan installments on time. If you have a HDB, the law states that the creditors cannot take your HDB to sell and for sale. Right, so that's a good thing about owning a HDB if you're going to declare bankrupt. And obviously, please don't prepare to declare bankrupt in your life, mm-hmm. la, right? But that's a security there. Oh, sorry, I'm doing my own business, Mortgage Master, right? I could buy a condo or a HDB. I just bought a HDB and I told my wife, I bought a 1,600 EA, 1,300 square feet EA. But I told my wife, why I don't want to buy a condo? Because if my business, I, pre- I, I plan for it to succeed, but anything happens, we have always a house to stay in, right? Okay, but let's say you don't pay your mortgage on time. Uh, I know foreign banks can start three to six months of late payments. They were just foreclosed. Local banks, six to nine months. HDB loan. I've seen people owe HDB for 16 months, 18 months, and HDB never foreclosed yet. Technically, all of them can foreclose within three to six months of you not paying. But I've seen HDB give more longer waiting period. And when I say, how come I know they haven't paid for 16 to 18 months? When you have a HDB loan, uh, any loan, there's a statement, I can see that you have not paid for 16 months. So so that's where I would say HDB loan give more chance. But technically, they can foreclose it if they want to. Mm, I mean, of course, yeah. you're speaking from your own experience, but Correct. this is a case-by-case yeah, maybe basis. Maybe at that period of time, they were busy. <laughs> they didn't have the personnel, right. but you know, they can. Technically, they have the legal rights too. So don't bet on it. I mean, you still yeah, need please, to have your cash flow, you know, yeah. manage your finances, right? I mean, instead of earning accrued, you know, losing accrued interest and late payment fees, if you cannot afford the HDB, let's say you have, let's say lah, you have a five room, instead of me owing them and compounding your interest, you just sell the five room, buy a four room lah. Then in the end, you don't owe anybody money or sell the five room, buy a three room rather than that. But if you already cannot afford, then just don't let your interest and late payment fees compound lah. That's insane. That's going to be a very high number at the end of the day. Okay, let's talk about getting the loan itself. So we talk about home loan, home loan eligibility, yeah. right? So for self-employed versus uh, you're an employee, so how does the, the home loan eligibility works? Okay, so when you're an employee, actually calculation is very simple. You either use TDSR for private or MSR and TDSR okay, for HDB. Let's go through TDSR, total debt servicing ratio. Please yes, explain uh, it. Okay, total debt servicing. Okay, so when you buy a house, you always have to go through TDSR regardless it's private or HGB. TDSR stands for all your total debts the ratio cannot be more than 60%. So they say- All are car loans. Yeah, all total debts. Every or every loan that every you're ha- loan. having. Yep. So what are loans? Credit cards. Uh, okay, so for example, I use easy numbers, okay? A guy is privileged to earn 10,000 a month, 60% is 6,000. So 6,000 of his income can be used to service all liabilities. So if he owns a car and the car loan is 1,000 a month, he's left with 5K. If he uses many, many credit cards and the minimum sum payable add together is another 1,000, Eh, minus another 1K, he's left with 4K. Insurance, he has a lot. Eh, but insurance is not a liability, so you don't need to care. 
And so he's 4K. So then we'll do the maths and reverse engineer. It's all algebra, actually. With 4,000 left of income for loans, how much is his maximum loan? That's how we calculate home loan, home loan eligibility. Mm. That's for private. For HDB, we also must calculate MSR and take the lesser off, which is 30%. So TDSR is total debt. M is only mortgage servicing ratio. So if he owns a shop, an office, that's a mortgage. If he doesn't own any other property, then it's just 10,000 a month, 3K is for mortgage. Then it's just 3,000 like base of that and then find the home loan eligibility based on 3,000. So technically, if a guy has no liabilities at all, he's 40 years old and above and he earns 10K, a HDB loan will get you 3,000. can use 3,000. A private loan can use 6,000. So he can borrow double for... Uh, private property. Mm. So you're saying for an employee is very straightforward because we just look at your income every month, oh, right? right? CPF contributions, it's all very obvious. Uh, yes and no. So, okay, so employee, right? Uh, privileged people or people working in the government sector has many, 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 many months of bonuses. Privileged people? Or commission-based people <laughs> okay, as well. Okay. okay, so there is basic pay and there's commission bonus pay. Everything that's commission and bonus, you have to take a 30% haircut. So you only count 70% of it. Okay, got to take 30% haircut yeah. because you don't know if the bonus is coming in next year. Correct. So okay. it's a variable pay. So as you can see, the government has said that variable income is only 70% is taken. So now we move on to the next thing, uh, self-employed. Same thing. If you're self-employed, you're forever, forever variable income. So if I declare my income tax 120k, so that's 10k a month, right? Ayo, it's only 7k because it's 70%. And if you just became self-employed, okay, let's say uh, I am in Google earning a million a year. Then I meet life crisis. I decide to start my own small business called the Financial Orange. <laughs> All right? Not a competitor. <laughs> Not a competitor. Hey, anybody, it'll be silly if I really do that. Lah. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. okay? Yeah. So, so, and I pay myself 20K a month, but it's my own money I put in the company. That 20K is not income. The banks will check ACRA know that the company paying you is your own company is zero income until you declare income tax next year. So if I want, if I'm earning a million a year in, in Google and I want to buy a house, I buy now with when I still have the job in Google because once I quit the job, the bank thinks I have zero income. Okay, because I mean, in I, the first yeah. year that you are running the financial orange yes. <laughs> or whatever fruit you want to run, yeah. it's a zero income because Correct. this company which you set up and own yourself yes. and operate yourself is giving yourself the income. Correct. And so the bank, to be safe, they treat it as zero income. Correct. Even if uh, Andrew owns 90% of the company, I only earn 10%, uh, it's still zero. Uh. They don't count like, oh, 90% is... No, it's still zero. Mm. You own the company, end of story. Until the next year? When you submit they your notice of assessment. Income tax, yeah. Okay. So notice of assessment, correct. Right. So on that topic, we can talk about, you know, notice of assessment and tax filing, CPF contributions. How important are all these factors and how do they contribute towards this elig eligibility? Okay. So again, employed people is very simple. CPF contributions, if you earn up to 6K, you only contribute up to 6K of salary. Ma. So it's easy to see that you really earn 6K at least. Uh, if you need a loan that has more money and you need to earn more than 6K, then provide your pay slips. If your company is more obscure, so for example, if I'm getting paid by DBS Bank, Starhub, Singtel, you know, it's obviously, it's not obscure. But if you are being paid by Mortgage Master the first month I incorporate and you are my first employee, um, then maybe they will, bank will also ask for salary, salary crediting just to be sure that, you know, I can pay your CPF for you. I can give you pay slips. You can Photoshop, right? 
So please don't, but you can. <laughs> then you just started work, you got no income tax yet, right? So salary crediting, they will check up to this extent. Um, and that's to be safe. And nothing wrong for the banks to be safe. They are lending you in excess of a few hundred thousand to millions of dollars. So that's where all this income is considered. Now, if you are self-employed, make sure the NOA is declared correctly. So... Uh, right, are, should, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, if you, you decide to. not to declare and IRAs don't find out, okay, not that I'm encouraging encouraging it and you cannot get a home loan and you say, but I'm rich, right? Then I say, but the banks only care about black and white. It is Singapore, right? Okay. Yeah, so it's always about black and white. Your income tax, your NOA, CPF contribution, salary crediting, these are what is considered. But what if you have assets and, and you know your income is not showing a huge amount, but you have assets to, to prove that you could actually finance the loan? So... In 2013, when TDSR was implemented, uh, the government actually allowed um, some leeway. And that is where pledging and unpledging of funds uh, was created. And it's a way to to determine whether a person, like you said, I, I have money, but I... Okay, so right now, I I don't own Financial Coconut, of course, but I, I'm really exited millionaire already. So I say, hey, Reggie, I'm very, very interested. Retirement to, life. Uh, yeah. I want to help out in this uh, very good idea and uh. educate people about finances. You know my background anyway. So Reggie say, okay, la, but you cannot work for free. How much you want? I want 2K a month plus lady. Okay, he said pay you 2K a month. So now I am a millionaire. I buy a new house. I only earn 2K a month. I need a million dollar loan. I obviously cannot get that. Uh, but I have cash in my bank, which yeah. I want to. I don't want to use to pay the house la, because you know my money earn more money than the housing loan. La, okay? So every, if I need, let's say, 5K income, but Reggie only pay me 2K. So I need to show 3K more income. Every $1,000 equates to, if I show the bank 160K, I have 1,000 more salary. So I need 3K more salary. I just need to show the bank 540,000. Oh, it can be stocks. It can be... Uh, cash is the best. Cash is the best. Because stocks <laughs> is variable. Your stocks can crash, you know. Okay, your, yeah, cash cannot, your cash cannot crash. Uh, definitely not crypto. <laughs> if you show crypto uh, to the bank. <laughs> but it's, it's actually leeway. So last time only, the government say you can show your portfolio. But banks, okay, government law and banks guidelines, different. Huh? Law means can, banks say, I'm not happy, I don't want, my credit is stringent. The bank win. Huh? But banks say, I want to lend, government say cannot. Huh? Law, law wins. Huh? So the guidelines, you have to respect the bank's guidelines as well. Right? So... The bank, the government say can, but bank say only cash. Then after the while, the bank open up say SGX, uh, uh, your New York stock, your 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 Nasdaq funds. I can see your your stocks. Um, then after that, they can see some banks now can see gold. So they they open up more and more, become more open minded after time lah. But yes, maybe one day crypto can also. I yeah. I, I don't know. But there are haircuts, huh? So example, variable ma, like we say salary variable, right? Some banks the stocks and shares they only take thirty percent haircut. Some some banks, uh, maybe crypto, they only take 20% in future. I, I have no idea. But let's say if you are rich enough to show funds or pledge funds, you can also use that method to get more loan. Okay, did you say for every $1,000 you need to show... Show 160K. 160K, that's a huge... Or pledge for four years, 48000 thereabouts. Okay, that's a huge safety margin, I would say, for the banks. Yeah, but they also make sure you have to show it twice uh, when you apply for loan once and the day they are going to give you the money dispersed for your loan. Why? Because when you show this extra money, they have to make sure it's over and above what you have to pay for for the house. Okay. Means, I, you know, if I buy a million dollar house, I minimally have 160K to down pay, right? Right? So they want to make sure that after you pay for the house, you still got the additional 160K. Okay. So they make you show twice. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about credit score. 
Because we've heard this saying that you need to have some credit card spending to demonstrate that you have good credit and therefore then you have a good credit score so that you can you know, get your yeah. bank loan, right? So what if someone believes that you know that you shouldn't have credit cards? You know? <laughs> what if someone doesn't have credit cards and, and well, he or she doesn't owe anything? Technically, should have a good credit score, but you know, there's no credit proof. Okay, so we talk about loan eligibility, right? Uh, of course, if you're employed by a very renowned firm um, and your income is high and your loan is small, no problem. So when we talk about, and, and your credit is clean, like you have zero credit cards, of course, right, no right. problem. But let's say it's a very marginal call. Your income is just nice. Your loan is there. Or you need a little bit of push, like, can I use your bonus to this extent or not? And we have to justify for you as a banker. Credit score and credit record then comes into play. I'll rank it in a very funny way. Huh? Having credit cards that you pay in full every time is rank number one. Rank number two is having credit cards that you pay on time, not pay in full. Rank number three, actually two and three is very subjective depending on which bank lah if you got no credit cards at all. Mm. So number two can be paying on time. So number two can be paying on time, but uh, just paying the minimum. Yes. Right. You're not paying in full. Okay. Yes. So why? Willingness to pay and ability to pay is something that you need credit cards to show. Having no credit cards doesn't show that you have ability to pay or willingness to pay. I'll give you a very funny scenario. Huh? When I was a banker, very high income, very rich individual and high-profile family, $5 million property, $1 million loan. Now, it's very easy to lend. Huh? Your property worth $5 mil, you only borrow $1 mil. Yeah, I'm not afraid $4 you, million in cash. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not afraid you tsao. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, I had to pay a reject. Okay, so family high profile means his father rich father, high profile, but he's normal. So he got a bit angry with me. He's like, why why the bank? Do you know who I am? you know who my oh, father is? Yeah, I'm curious to know who I am. Yeah, can I, uh, <laughs> I'll is, the yeah, but then, uh, do you know I'm private banking customer? Uh, so of course, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll ask my credit, right? Mm. Of course, I would never be able to tell the reasons. It's so many years, I don't think the guy even remembers anymore because I solved his problem for him at the end. But Ooh. the credit department actually told me this. Look, we see this guy, Jairo, he has three accounts with us in, don't say the bank, the bank. Yeah, <laughs> in the bank. The bank. Mm. And two accounts are funded. One account is not funded. The account that's not funded, all the gyro is from that account. Every single month, gyro not enough. So this the, So I, instead of writing an email, the credit officer called me and explained to me, he is, hear this word, uh, Cao Kuan. <laughs> got money to pay, don't want to pay. You know, you got some friends, right? Very rich one, but go dinner also always want you to pay for them. Cao Kuan. I don't like this kind of client. Oh. 
like, what? How you want me to explain to the client? Just say my credit don't approve. Uh. He wants a reason. I cannot tell him Tao Kwan, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to phrase it differently. <laughs> yeah, so... You Kwan, cannot ca- give you ca- money. Cannot. <laughs> la. So at the end, this guy knows the CEO. La. His father knows the CEO. So problem solved. Father calls CEO, end of story. La. Mm, yeah. But for mere mortals like us, so yeah, exactly. you, you would recommend getting a credit card. Even if you just spend like uh, $50 a okay, month so or whatever, now, just pay for it. Now I'm a mortgage middleman. I'm the problem solver. So let's say, uh, let's say, Andrew, yourself, right? You're applying for a loan. You actually are buffering, like in between, like maybe can get, maybe cannot get because you want to buy a more expensive house and you're total, total, so you got money, but no income, not enough income to mm, buy. Income it. is not yeah. high enough, yeah. okay, so, for example. Let's say we use the pledge and unpledged way. And let's say, I'll give you an example. Your gyro is from DBS and your gyro actually missed the past three months. You forgot to transfer sending instruction to your DBS account. I'll say DBS may actually reject your unpledged money. Show the money. Because you don't know, you can throw money to get higher loan, right? DBS will reject you. So when I ask you, I will ask you questions like, hey, your gyro, which bank? Mm. Ever got rejected? God, uh, why? I, uh, I was overseas uh, in Hong Kong. I forgot to top up the account. I, uh, oh, no wonder. Then don't apply DBS, apply UOB. Why? Because DBS can see your gyro cao kuan. UOB cannot see. Yeah. <laughs> My takeaway is don't cao kuan. Because- Actually, yeah, just don't yeah. cao kuan. Uh, why? Because credit score is also, you have to demonstrate that you can... Willingness to pay. Yeah. Not just ability to pay. A lot of people have a bit like that. Rich guy got ability to pay, but willingness to pay is how kind of not. Right. Right. So your behavior demonstrated that you could possibly not pay on time. And the bank doesn't like that. Who who likes a friend got money, borrow money from you, got money to pay, but go holiday. Don't pay you. (laughs) So we talk about the eligibility. We talk about servicing the loan right at the start. Now we talk about at the end of the loan. You know, so towards the end, the, the loan gets smaller, right? If it gets yes. smaller and smaller, is it true at some point that we need to, let's say you want to pay a lump sum. You know, of course, there's the, you know, uh, are there penalties for that? Are there fees if you want to, you know, pay off your loan early? No. Uh, in a loan, there is something called commitment, commitment fee and commitment period. So if your loan is locked in and you want to pay down your loan or pay your loan in full, then there's a commitment fee. Locked in normally happens two or three years lah. So when you get a new loan, you probably can't prepay in the first two years to three years. Let's say three years. Then if, when you refinance, to, let's say your interest rates are like 1.15, three years fixed, like I mentioned. And then on the fourth year, it's already 1.8. So you want to refinance to lower 1.5, right? When you refinance, you pay down at that time. No fees. But if during the lock-in period, you pay down, there is fees. So if your loan gets smaller and smaller, again, refinancing may not be the solution for you because um, HGB above 250 to 300k, private above 500k, then the bank subsidizes your legal fees for refinancing. So if you don't have these subsidies, it's not worth it to refinance. Uh, then we will advise you to, this is your last refinancing, uh, Andrew. Your loan is already 505,000. The next time, three years later, will be less than 500k, no full subsidies. You don't want the lowest rate. You want the most stable rate. So you don't have to refinance anymore. So the next three years lock in, after that, you want to pay down, pay down. Mm. Yeah, after that, you want to pay down, you can pay down. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. but does it mean that we also need to pay in one lump sum so that, because no one might want to finance us if the mortgage sum is too small because we're at the end of it. Yep. Uh, but you are staying in your financial institution, right? So you got a stable rate. Uh. Please don't take the rate that lowest is 1%, highest is 6%. Then now at 6%, you jialat. You right. take when you cannot refinance anymore. You will for want free, to refinance, right? If you like six percent. But if you cannot refinance for free anymore, you will take a rate today that you know next time cannot. You will take lowest is one point five, highest is two point five. So put yourself yeah. in between that, you know, fixed Correct. rates. So, so you, you don't get the know. lowest, but you get the most stable. 
So you will never gonna six. Okay. But you will never get one or so lah. But you can live with it. Right? Okay. Yeah. All right. So something for you to think about. Yeah. All right. We covered some basics. But I think I want to go into more advanced strategies because you're a mortgage master, sifu, <laughs> mortgage master. Okay. Teach us all the advanced stuff. You know, um, you know, you hear all this about people starting businesses to buy properties. You know, what are some strategies that the rich people do to get properties? I won't say okay. Rich people have a lot of leverage, uh, leverage avenues which Ping Ming Pai Sing like us mm. don't have. Mere mortals, I mere mortals. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we but toy I, I, in the fields and the hard blood sweat money you know but here I'm also happy you know like maybe I can get to you know employ one of these strategies one day yeah so so actually there are um, I'm, I'm sure all of us have heard and seen advertisements on FB on YouTube that you know oh sell one buy two yeah, sell one buy two or yeah. how I earn 20,000 passive income by the age of 28 okay. or you know stuff like that yeah. right uh, are they lying no, they are not. Is it true? Of course, not lying means true. Lah. Is it the correct thing to do? No, it's not exactly correct as well. Everything that can be done with high returns always in life come with high risk. It's standard. High risk, high return. You want to buy Bitcoin? High returns, right? High risk. Well, it was 40,000 USD. Now it's 60,000 USD. It can go back to 40,000 USD, right? You can make double. You also can lose double, uh, lose half. So, when these parties online, they hook you in and they explain it to you, one of the bad points is that they don't just explain it to you once. La. They give you half the formula and then they ask you to pay more subscription, come for another $2,000 course, stuff like that. But that aside, which is disgusting by itself, I'm there, uh, come and find me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 no I, qualms yeah, about saying I, your yeah, honest opinion. Right? honest opinion, okay, yeah. Okay. Is that they do not tell you the cons. If they only tell you the way to leverage to get more, that's the pros. There are good points, huh? and they don't tell you the cons. Any consultant that don't tell you cons are con men. Okay, in my opinion, okay? If you think you are not a con man, again, I'm bae. Come and find me, right? Yeah. You must, you must be fair. Is his own. All right. you, 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 <laughs> must, you must be fair. You must tell the whole story and then let the person decide. It's like, this is good, this is bad. You still want, take it. It's on you. My job is to give you all the information and advise you the way there and also my opinions. Okay, so how do you leverage? Huh? Uh... I'll give you um, a scenario where it's me, Reggie, and Andrew. If it was just me, and I have 100k extra today, and I want to invest, I will not invest in land, private in a, in a residential property because I have to pay ABSD. Okay, that's number one. Number two, with just 100,000, and let's say I can take a 75% loan for commercial property, I can buy, what, 400k property? which means not a very good selection of choices mm. and can't really get much. Lah, choices are limited yeah. because of your low capital. So what I will do is like, hey, Andrew, you also want to buy, right? Reggie, you also want to buy. You got 100K, I got 100K, he got 100K. We have $300,000 now. With a 70% loan, we can buy a $1 million property. Oh, nice. Right? So the pro is that with our income tax, because we are all self-employed or employed, doesn't matter, allow us to get use ourselves as personal guarantor to buy commercial property we three of us can buy together a $1 million property. Okay, so we, we set up a company called the Financial Orange. Yeah, okay. And then we use this company to, to buy property. Correct. Each of us put in 100 k Now Correct. we have $300,000 to play with. Correct. And okay. then the $700,000 loan uh, is about, let's say, $3,000 a month. And I can rent out this $1 million office for $3,500 a month. We make $500. 
So actually, the income, uh, the advertise, uh, the income actually net is 500. Uh, but our advertisement, I have 3,500 passive income. But actually, it's only net 500. Okay, so that's number one. Hey, but our income actually still can sustain more. So what are we going to do? Buy another property and buy another property and buy another property using our personal names as guarantor. All we need to do is to have enough cash down payment. So let's say how you sell one by two. I have a million dollar house. I have 600k loan. I sell 600k. I got 400k cash. Then now I can buy two what? Two 900k properties, 200k, 200k down payment. Ah. What they fail to tell you is also your liabilities is no longer just 600k. Ah. It's now two 900k with 200k down payment. It's now 700k loan each is 1.4 million. Yeah, two mortgages running at the same yes. time. Yes. And the risk is, okay, one scenario, what's the risk? I fail to rent out the property. I don't even have 3k to pay the mortgage now. That is a bad scenario. A not so bad scenario is rental prices decrease because there's a lot of supply. If I can think of the idea and you can think of the idea and we share this online and 200 people think of the idea, there's now 200 more supply. You think rental prices don't drop, man? Everything is about supply and demand, ma? And then the worst thing is property prices drop. Bank margin call. And then it, for those amounts of money not covered under the secured property, let's say it drops too much. 1 million property, 700k loan. Property dropped to 800k. Banks say only lend you 600. 100k not covered. They charge you 10% on that. And do I have to pay that 100,000 on the spot? You either pay 100k on the spot or I charge you 10% interest on 100k. Because right, it's unsecured. Yes. Okay. Then what you're going to do? In the end, we lose money. So having one is okay. But let's say me, Andrew and Reggie went to leverage. We have five now. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly it's so And we can have five because we're buying through a company and therefore correct. we don't incur ABSD, right? Correct. Right, so it's a leveraging player. If you're talking about the correct. pro, so to speak, the pro, you get to leverage. Correct. And there's even ways. Uh, so Credit Bureau Singapore sees bank loans. Uh. Credit Bureau Singapore doesn't see loans from ValueMax, doesn't see loans from MoneyMax, doesn't see loans from Oryx Capital, doesn't see, see loans from Goebel. So you may not even know what, what companies I'm telling you. Uh. But imagine this. I start one company with Reggie and Andrew. I, I take one loan from company, financial institution A, interest rate 6%, but we still make money. Then Credit Bureau cannot check, right? Then we, we do this five more times. Wow, I got so much loans. One renter don't pay, GG, gone. So there are pros, which is the ease of making wealth come fast. And there's a cons where things don't go your way. The road to bankruptcy is very clear. And it's no joke lah, at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay, so I, I like your... Line. I think you can use it as a tagline. If they don't tell you the cons, <laughs> then they are a con man. That's what you're trying to say, right? Yes. I think it's important to understand the both sides of the picture. Correct. I mean, definitely leveraging play. Many people are interested in yes. that. But you need to understand the flip side of it as well. I think it's brilliant, right? Hey, Andrew, call Reggie. It's, la. it's a way to get around. I mean, we don't need to buy five, right? Like say, if you can do three, do one. <laughs> la. Don't stretch yourself too much. Because if one doesn't happen, like rental market is bad, property prices drop, you all still can afford it. But if you can afford three, do one, you confirm can pass. You can afford three, you do three, you are put at risk. Some people can afford three, do five. You get rich fast, you get you get poor fast. Mm -hmm. yeah. Any other strategies? Strategies that involve maximum leverage or no down payment or skipping taxes? Or is it all just hearsay? Okay, no such thing as skip taxes. Ah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> or avoid. Uh, la, not, uh, not say, not say. Hoo, I love you. I pay my taxes on <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no down payment. Again, a fallacy. When they say no down payment, it means you sell A, you take the A money to down pay B. So technically, A, you never have additional money outflow from your bank account. But still got down pay. Where got such thing as no down payment? You think go courts buy, <laughs> buy furniture? <huh? laughs> Even that one also $1 down payment, right? If yeah, I'm not wrong. Yeah. yeah. So still got one, right? Yeah, there's no such thing. And 
there are there are the advertisements are saying facts positioned in a way to make you think that it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying that it's positioned in a way that make you do not look at the cons. So, you know, I, I watched these shows before on, on there's a US version, there's a UK version. The only people that you can con are people who want to make something from nothing. And so these advertisements are actually, what are they doing? They're telling you you can make something from nothing. They have a certain target audience in mind. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's actually quite interesting. La. That tagline from that show is that people who are greedy and want to get something from nothing are the people who get con easily. Mm. But of course, we're not saying that there are scams or anything. I mean, it's just you need to understand what the whole scheme is about. I think it's brilliant because uh, I actually sat in one of those seminars before. I was invited as a guest so that I can give mortgage advice to the clients. At the end of the whole session, it was my turn to give the mortgage advice. I just apologize, say I'm not free. I, I feel, suddenly feel ill and I left. Sitting through that thing, everything that he said was correct. But the way he positioned it, if I tell the truth, I am not giving face to his business. I would actually pitch out his lobang. So I just left instead. Okay. okay. He is not saying wrong things. He's just saying half truths. All right. So these are the cons that we really yeah. need to be worried about or be concerned about, you know, understand. What's really going on behind the scenes? Yep. Okay, before we wrap up this part of the conversation, anything else about mortgage loans that you think you want to highlight or emphasize once again? Make sure you check on your mortgages or at least let Mortgage Master send out the reminders for you. <laughs> okay. Because a lot of people forget. One of the things that made me fall in love with mortgage was a very, very, very unique case. The guy is still my friend right now, become family friend already. When I first started in 09, walk-in customer, doing well in life, then I just talked to him. He was like, oh, I have two loans from another bank. I'm like, hey, refinance. He said, no, like, interest rates are okay. I'm like, what's your interest rates? Last time, six. Uh, now it's 4.5. Uh. I'm like, your loan add together, two million. You know, now interest rates are two. That time in 2009 was 2%. 2% of two million is 40,000 a year. So at first, my mouth opened. Then he asked me why. Then I told him the reason his mouth opened. I thought 4.5 very good. Last time I paid six. Uh. Yeah, but you know, times change, you know. Last time, 4.5 is good. Now 2% is good. That was... Oh, 09, right? Today, 1.15. Yeah, eh? not 2% yeah. is high. <laughs> yeah. So, it's all relative. So, make sure you monitor or at least have somebody to monitor for you. Lah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you for listening all the way here. Stay after this outro because usually we have some bonus content right at the end. It's like the end credit scene of a movie. But before that, I hope you've learned something useful today. If you like more of this content, join our Telegram group, follow us on social media, sign up for our newsletter. For all this and more, check out thefinancialcoconut.com. My name is Andrew. Stay tuned for the next episode of Chill with the Financial Coconut. I have three more questions for you. I'm sure you didn't answer them in Coconut Avenue. Okay. All right, the first one is, what is one of your core life principles? Never tire of doing what is right. Okay, nice. that's, the, that's the core value of Mortgage Master. Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay la, just... There's no value to company and company back to personal. Yeah, I mean, just always do the right thing. So, um, one of the things I say to my business partners, my investors, as well as my colleagues, the people working for Mortgage Master, is, look, uh, we've seen a lot of rich people in the world do the wrong thing and get rich. We've, if they fail, uh, they got no friends. I'm so conservative that I do the right thing. If I don't get rich, I still have friends. If I am poor, my friends support me. I am putting my own safety net by doing the right thing. So my core value is to do the right thing. It makes sense to do the right thing. Then just do the right thing. Lah. 
Yeah, that's, that's how I, I look at it logically yeah, as well. That's one of your core values. Yeah. Okay. Well, a finance podcast, what is a piece of financial advice that comes to mind that you think should be shared more often? Do not ever over leverage. Really don't over leverage. Oh. <laughs> really. the, the whole podcast, we, we did talk about how to leverage, but okay, good point. No, leveraging is a facility which lets you get well faster. But that's, that's why I say, I never say don't leverage. Don't over leverage. Because if you... Leverage to the extent where you think of, you paint the worst case scenario in your head and you can afford it. Okay, stop there. Don't go over that. Okay. What is an area of your life that you're giving additional focus right now? My family. Family, okay. <laughs> Tell us more. Uh, of course, my family. There are two families. One is my company and everybody <laughs> is working for us. Okay. For us, uh, I'm also working for the company, okay? So it's part of the family. And, and you know, now work from home and everything. We On Wednesday, we are having our Google Meet Meeting with drinks, you know, it's so everyone bring their own drinks, but turn on Google yeah, Meet. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> and then my my COO Rainer has this uh, awesome websites to play games together, like those you know Hangman, those guessing games. Uh, it's quite fun. We we have to make it a point to to interact with each other because if not, you just you just get sick of like, am I working for something other than? myself you know it, it becomes very boring at home and then internally in my family your own family how do you balance because you're running a business and then you have to of course have your own family at the same time i think many people have heard me over the years my wife is the rock of everything like she settles a lot of things and and without her nothing nothing can be done lah. at the same time also well, okay so three weeks ago my youngest son got covid oh, okay none of us in the family has it and we are still negative, right? But my two sons have to stay at home. One is close to three. One is one is close to five. How to work with two boys at home running around? Uh, <laughs> and you have to work from home also, right? And yeah. I cannot... Now, in that time, I had to quarantine. It was the older rules, right? I cannot bring down them, them down to the void deck to walk, you know. When my wife has meetings or I have to talk to a VC. In fact, I was supposed to have this podcast. Um, I was begging yeah. Reggie and Andrew, can I do it from home? They said... Sound issues. Actually, in my heart, I'll say not possible. Like, halfway through, you'll hear one of the boys yell. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a real sound issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's horrible. Like, it was horrible. So yeah, but but it's also funny. Like during this horrible time where you have to spend, you're forced to spend time with your kids, right? We also got closer. We also had the family moment. Like I wouldn't trade it. Like, as a father, you know, when your kids grow older, one day they will stop hugging you and stuff like that. You know, you imagine that. It's, it's, it's awesome. Like. Yeah, so my children, my wife, that's... Family number one, hex one importance. Hex two is of course mortgage master. <laughs> yeah. I hope your wife is listening as well. There's a, like a confession down there. She, your wife she, is the rock of she, the family. She subscribe, follow. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe, follow, you know, turn on notifications. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, David. Hey, thank you, Andrew. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.